0: that welcome back to mars on life i'm your host as always sebastian shug and with me as always
1: uh associate professor of kanye studies ryan mancini (laughs) how are you doing
0: (laughs) you know the funny thing about this energy drink um is that uh, ironically it's red white and blue and the Uh flavor is called star blast i'm gonna take a Uh sip real quick oh yeah tastes like ptsd um, oh. Speaking of which, those fireworks—they uh, oh. didn't—I don't know where you heard them, but uh, there, where I was, it just sounded everywhere. It just sounded like London in the 40s. Okay, like I didn't even see any bright flashes in the sky. It just felt—it just sounded like bombs going off because they were going off in such rapid succession.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm thinking to myself, am I really this close to LA? That I could just hear all of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then afterwards, I went over to my girlfriend's house and they're lighting them off right outside her bathroom. Uh, like, it's, you didn't even see anything blow up. You just heard the gunshot. And it's like, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. How was your Fourth of July weekend? Mine was pretty,
1: I guess, uneventful, except for my okay. ears. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, on the fireworks front, it was definitely something that just simply wouldn't stop, and I wish it did, and I think it's safe to say now that it has. I only saw one firework, and that was literally within yards of my house up a hill, but I, it, it just flabbergasted me, the amount of people shooting off fireworks. I get it. You know, I'm as bored as the next person in quarantine, but for goodness sake— it's fire season. Jeez, speaking In of In the middle of a flabbergast- pandemic. Speaking of flabbergasted,
0: this shit is awful. Usually what I could get think? away with like a good flavor every now and then, but like
1: ugh. What what are the flavors of it? Is it like
0: Okay, so like they're energy drinks don't usually have the flavor listed it's some sort of you know asinine name that is supposed to describe what the flavor is but when you look at something like blue Raz, there's really only one thing that it could be you know like you'd have to be like you'd have to be an idiot (laughs) (laughs) you'd have to be a fucking idiot not to make that connection immediately right but when you have something like star blast sour worm um sour worm uh, red red October fucking red scare I don't know um <laughs> it really leaves you guessing this mm-hmm. one admittedly I bought it because it was a bargain and because I just I like the brand but I'm telling you these flavors are so hit or miss
1: um <laughs> oh god now I'm curious did you uh I don't know if you ever if you got to see this there was a this great film reviewer that I follow uh she shared a picture on her Instagram of all the fireworks going off over LA and she had the video playing on her Instagram and in the background she had the main theme from Blade Runner playing Mm. and my goodness to see Los Angeles in the year 2020 shooting off flames into the air and given that that's basically what L.A. 2019 and Blade Runner basically is, it's it's pretty stark. Hmm. Not going to lie. It's, it's a pretty stark uh, side-by-side from reality versus a movie that's, I think, close to 40 years old. Yeah, it, it was frustrating. I don't know how many fires we had out here. I had an old uh, uh, photojournalist buddy of mine say, over or under... There will be two wildfires in the Santa Clarita Valley, and everybody commented, over. And with me, uh, I just shared Judge Judy saying, it's over. Over.
0: <laughs> Get out of my court.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or whatever she says in her faux Brooklyn accent. I don't know. So it was, yeah. It, please be careful, people. I, I think the firework uh, frenzy is over. But, but anyway, other than that, we, uh, you know, it was very nondescript. I wore all black um, because I got nothing to celebrate. Um, Yeah. But given that I have family members with a Disney Plus account and my folks wanted to see Hamilton, uh, we watched about, I'd say, a quarter of it until once again our Wi-Fi seppuku itself. (laughs) Um, And that's because clearly everybody had the same idea. So everybody's Wi-Fi was garbage. So I, I didn't get to finish it until the next day. And uh Well, a we'll spoil difficult. well spoiler alert. Um in case your history book didn't tell you, uh
0: someone dies. Not gonna yeah, say no, Yeah, and I said that to my but, folks. I was like, hey uh, guys,
1: yeah. <laughs> don't don't be shocked by the ending. Like, don't be shocked. <laughs> so you know how like Darth Vader and Luke have that battle on like that little bridge thing?
0: Like, do you know what? what's gonna happen next? <laughs> Yeah. Um. Funny thing is, the other day when I first saw Hamilton, ha- bleh, Hamilton. God, this fucking energy drink is like, you know how like when you drink something. I'm sorry. You know how like when you drink something sugary and it just expands in your mouth. Yep. Oh yeah. That is bad flavor, bad tang, and just inconvenient all around. Okay. Nice. I, you know. But like I was saying the last time i watched hamilton which was a few days ago Mm -hmm. was actually the first time i watched hamilton now keep in mind i'm not gonna say like you can't get exactly the same experience as if you were to just listen to the soundtrack because it's a musical it's kind of what it's made up of yeah but you know
1: god hamilton came out what year 2017 uh i think it was for that because okay, i may be way off might have been 2016 was
0: not 2020 is my point <laughs> but we've been listening to these tracks i want to say going on four years yeah and it's what it's really all about now seeing hamilton for the first time obviously is an experience and if you don't feel like paying 200 plus for pantages tickets personally yeah. i don't blame you but amazing i guess <laughs> i don't oh, know it, it exceeded my expectations more oh, so same. to the point of just you know listening to the soundtrack um mm-hmm. but i know we were going to go into this sort of political analyzation of especially what it means in 2020 and mm-hmm. personally the genius release schedule of july 3rd yeah um, I don't think oh, anyone's yeah. feeling especially patriotic like they were in 1776, but <laughs> um, at least not now in comparison. But
1: yeah, it, it's uh, I I was kind of blown away by it. I mean, I that that might sound stereotypical, but you know, I you know, I I I've known I have family members that have gone and seen it, and they don't listen to rap. They basically had no idea what the show was about in the first place other than the general history. And so for me getting into this, I I knew what to expect in regards to the caliber of the music as well as you know how much how much it was going to lay into these very essential characters within the framework of the founding of America with Hamilton at the forefront obviously and I think I was taken ab- I was taken aback by not only because first off the music was great you know as as somebody that is always finding some kind of phenomenal meaning within music uh, you know whether it's Bob Dylan's folk music and political songs from the 60s and 70s or if it's everything off of Kendrick Lamar's uh, last album, Damn. Like, I'm always trying to find that kind of stuff. And for Hamilton to deliver it in the way that it did, to deliver history the way that it did, was so impressive. All the performances, I was pleasantly surprised. We have to talk about King George III, because, <laughs> my goodness... Jonathan Groff. He was the Mad King. Oh, and no. of course. the fact that they laid into that I ate it up because as a history geek, I adored it because it's like, yes, King George was a vain, crazy guy, Mm -hmm. and you've got this down to a T. I was just going to say, it's funny
0: that you say that because this whole American Revolution, I was actually introduced to it in a much more different, interactive way. Um, I'm also a history geek, of course, but it's funny the way how I learned more in depth about the American Revolution and should I say got more into it alongside mm. my eighth grade class which was taught by the most batshit teacher I've ever had and one mm. of my most favorite teachers I've ever had <laughs> was fucking <laughs> Assassin's Creed
1: I know you don't play uh-huh. video games I, I know where this is but, going though but and I like where this is going isn't the assassin in it isn't he supposed to be a Mohawk? Yeah no he is a uh, he's Cherokee. Ah, OK. Which is okay. very um to the
0: tune of, well, you could say Alexander Hamilton, but he's
1: not Cherokee. He's a, a Creole. Or he may he? have been. Yeah. that that And that's where Creole, that, that's, yeah. that was a discussion about Hamilton that I had a lot. Well, I had a lot of discussions about that with relatives and people that are huge fans where some people would, you know, that. Th- there's some fans that I've met who just kind of brush over the fact that most of the cast are people of color. And then I've had other people that are like, well, why couldn't it be women? Why did it have to be people of color? And I've explained, well, it's because Alexander Hamilton, his mother may have been mixed race. Mm -hmm. And within the context of that time period, even if you were a very established white guy, if you had any kind of genealogy that, you know, was either from, you know, either you had someone in the family who may have been from Africa or if you had somebody in the family who may have been indigenous, it was a black spot on your record. And you were looked down upon as being basically less than human, uh, which the year 2020, I think, has taught a lot of people all about humanity and what it means to be human. Uh There's yet to be a 2020 history book, so we won't go there, (laughs) Um, but uh, we have, though. Um, But anyway, you know, and also on top of that, that idea being applied with all of these other historical figures in a liberal sense is genius because, you know, would you look at George Washington differently if he was a black man? You know, still imagine it was the same George. Still has Mount Vernon. He's still six foot whatever. He still has the bad teeth, and he's still dressed to kill. Fine, you know. But then also have it be that he's a person of color. Do you still look at him the same way as the you know proud Virginian who led the you know the army against the redcoats during the American Revolution? Uh, was part of the Continental Congress or. I briefly was part of the Continental Congress. Then he was part of the Constitutional Convention after the war, became president, retires, dies at Mount Vernon, that whole story. But just imagine it if he was a person of color. You, you have to show these people in a lens that you know, they can appeal to every audience within the country. And you know, on top of that, getting to give some humanity to my guy Aaron Burr. Wesley Odom Jr., I can't tell you how pleased I was with how they treated Aaron Burr. And, you know, for people that don't know, I am very, 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 very contrarian when it comes to America's founding. There's very few of our founding fathers that I have any tolerance for, let alone respect or admiration for. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite a few of them I have I have more than respect for. I, I, I do admire, um, namely John Adams. Uh, he became our second president. He was one of our diplomats for several years, our first vice president, uh, wonderfully played by Paul Giamatti in the HBO series, which – check that out. They really um, gave him the business in Hamilton, though. They just didn't even uh, show him, number one. Yeah, um, oh, he's, yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and that's my other thing is that a lot of the people I like from that era are persona non grata, like John Adams, like Aaron Burr, like mm-hmm. Thomas Paine. Um and Thomas Paine wasn't even in there, and one could argue he's he's a more pivotal figure in history than Hamilton was. Right. Um and and of course Benjamin Franklin was no nowhere to be seen, which was a little regretful, but yeah, oh they well.
0: referenced him. Yeah. And
1: how they handled Jefferson, I I still think they could have leaned in on the criticism that he so rightfully deserves, especially in regards to um him and sally Hemings, which
0: not being in debt or should i say being in debt (laughs) throughout his (laughs) presidency i mean again the 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 performance had to stop somewhere and i know that they couldn't encapsulate every single minute detail um to the t again i I can't ask miranda what he was thinking you can't ask what he was thinking there's a lot of speculation in the air what Mm -hmm. every single minuscule detail means right down to the last screen that eliza showcased at the end okay yes people are making these (laughs) i want to call them conspiracy theories but i know that that has a negative connotation but more so the what were they thinking kind of (laughs) thing yeah um again the great part about any sort of artistic medium is that it's never finished it's abandoned and Mm -hmm. the same way that i wouldn't ask why she screamed is the same reason why I wouldn't ask what Bill Murray said to Scarlett Johansson at the end of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, God, what was that movie? Uh, lost in translation, lost in translation, or if the top falls down in inception or what was inside the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Okay. Or, you what, know, or what the hell species was Yoda. Anyhow, we don't need deliberate answers for everything. Right. Now, you know it's kind of a sea lazy thing to do when I say this, but if you want to learn more, pick up a book, yeah, read about it for yourself with Aaron Burr, though it, this is this is kind of the contrarian opinion that I had that I was sort of muddling over since I watched it while I was at work today, and I really just had to put pen to paper when really what he means to the audience in in contrast to alexander hamilton mm-hmm. now when you for those of you who haven't seen the performance first of all what are you doing um you have this sense of camaraderie turned rivalry turned jealousy turned bitter hatred for one another uh, as the performance progresses right mm-hmm. and as You know, dare I say, as much as someone would very much like to look at Miranda's portrayal of Hamilton and think, that's who I want to be throughout life, I want to be the guy who makes stuff happen, sort of the unfortunate reality of that is, in his portrayal, is that it, it really is a pipe dream. Okay, there's a million things that he hasn't done, granted, just as much as we as audience members like to think that there's one life, we shouldn't waste it. And we start to kind of feel this sense of jealousy towards him as well. Mm-hmm. And it really starts to personify who Aaron Burr is. Okay, he's the he was second best mm-hmm. theoretically to who Hamilton was as a person. Okay, he was never on he was never met with the same merit that Hamilton was. And even through the opportunities that he did take, he never achieved the same status. And in the end, right. it bit him in the ass because while he had protection as vice president for that brief period, he was he was cast the fuck out once his yeah. term ended. Okay. So really what this boils down to, you know, the whole political revolution that we're a part of at the moment, is very much how we'd all like to be Alexander Hamilton. Yet forced to come to the realization of how we much are actually like Aaron Burr, you know, always feeling as if we're second best to either some out of reach belief or entity in a much higher chain of command. And even in the most minuscule of victories or achievements that we can muster, you know, such as getting a new job or starting a family or even in Burr's case, redefining yourself a la political party. Okay. Mm -hmm you know, it'll fall short of being written in any kind of history book as being historically noteworthy. And I really think that that's what people wish to leave a legacy behind of, you know, mm-hmm. that that you'll be remembered in some degree. Okay. I would say quite the contrary, actually, that this behavior like Burr would be viewed more as a detractorship 30, mm-hmm. 50, 100 years from now. Okay. And, you know, Once someone ends up putting pen to paper to recount the 2000s, you know, it's certainly not it's certainly not for their lack of trying, but for their lack of considerable results. And I really hate to use this quote because it's been bored into the the ground so many times. But you know what the definition of insanity is? (laughs) Okay, you know, yeah. Because I, I'd like to pose this proverbial question, and I don't expect you to have an answer because it's such a far-fetched one, but mm-hmm. are we going to be the generation that ends brutality, inequality, and political oppression, or are we going to sack it up to the next generation of individuals once we end up realizing that our attention span are the real issue of our beliefs, okay? Are mm-hmm. we going to be the Aaron Burr that does not get his dreams fulfilled, personified as the 21st century? Yeah. Are our efforts in vain, basically? Mm-hmm. And no one wants to say no to this question because nobody wants to be that guy who just gives up. But then right. again, no one wants to say yes and have these expectations placed upon them when they eventually kick the bucket and they finally figure out that, hey, I didn't achieve what I thought I would. And now I'm going to die um, fucking unfulfilled. OK,
1: I mean, it's it's a very Aaron Burr
0: sort of question. He was someone who had a very tangible grasp on the world and what it was around him, but he had no way of really expressing that. It's like Hamilton said you know, Burr doesn't have beliefs. And whether or not he's doing this out of jealousy of me or wanting to rise above his station for the sole purpose of, well, let's be honest, me, because what mm-hmm. other one of one comparison is there?
1: You know. Well, Burr- It's fascinating because with Aaron Burr, he is. uh, There's actually a a great biography that I've been tempted to buy uh, over the last couple of years. uh, After I first really kind of got, because I I, I first, I mean, let's face it, we've all heard about Aaron Burr since we were kids. Ever since we heard that got milk commercial where the guy, peanut butter, butter oh you, oh you won the sweepstakes. Who won? Aaron Burr. Who Uh, shot Yeah. We've all seen it. We've known about that all of our lives, but we're not taught anything about Aaron Burr because in the long run, he's not that big of a figure. However, he's pivotal in the direction – he's pivotal in regards to what direction our country was going circa 1800 because uh, cause I, I finally – when I was start just starting to get into Gore Vidal's uh, prose – and reading his novels and his essays, the very first book in his, uh, I believe they're called Narratives of Empire, which are basically his novels about American history. Um, I'm sure you can guess what the second book is about, given that the title is Lincoln. Um, but the first <laughs> book, is, is it's called Burr, and it's looking back at the career of Aaron Burr around the 1830s, and it's regarding a fictional character that Vidal makes for the book. Um, Then it's this guy, this New York journalist, who's trying to help Aaron Burr with a biography of himself. And you get to see American history through Aaron Burr's eyes, and it is... Now, obviously, Gore Vidal may have taken some liberties here and there, um, but well, with historical fiction, I mean, yeah, yeah, he looked at Aaron Burr as being the linchpin in how America was going to evolve into a new century, because Aaron Burr, just like Jefferson, when they both got into the White House in 1800, uh, beginning in 1801, they both wanted to expand our borders. And Jefferson, of course, in the years to come, would acquire the Louisiana Purchase, and thus you'd have the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Aaron Burr went out of his way to almost secretly form an alliance with Mexico in order to build a North American empire. And once this plot was discovered, he basically turned around to the government and said, look, how is this any different from what Jefferson is doing with Louisiana and you know you want to talk about a guy who you know wasn't in the room where it happened Aaron Burr is that guy you know he he definitely was the guy that watched probably the, the machinations of American history that have led us into mediocrity and monotony and inequality he was not privy to that Hamilton was Uh, as was Jefferson, as was James Madison. And Aaron Burr, actually, uh, after both the duel with Hamilton and his attempt, uh, his quote-unquote attempted treason, he no longer was vice president as of 1805, and that fell upon uh, a gentleman by the name of George Clinton, who I believe was from New York. Yeah, he he was the governor of New York at that time. Um now the duel itself and what led up to it is where my problems with the show begin um because obviously and I think th- this is what I find actually kind of confusing with the show and I don't know if you felt this way obviously Hamilton's meant to be the hero you know he this is his show it's all about him but right. He definitely does a few things here and there, whether it's with his, uh, you know, mat- whether it's matters of sex or whether it's matters of government. He does a few things that are, by today's standards, kind of sketchy. Um, and well, Yeah, I mean. <laughs> like, because that's, that's the thing. We don't think about Hamilton well, and Jefferson yeah, because like of they're course, Mitch because McConnell. You're you know? not supposed to –
0: obviously, you're not supposed to – well – He's a man. I was going to say you're not supposed to portray the character as a Mary Sue. Could do no wrong. Obviously, he's going to have some flaws. Whether or not that was written in intentionally in order to give the character some humanity, great. Okay. Now, are we expecting the audience members to have either shot someone, led a battle, cheated on their spouse, or probably, most notable, get their son killed? No. No.
1: Uh how... no, no in our country I think 3 of those seem applicable but yeah. <laughs> God damn it <laughs> Well um, I, the point I'm getting at is is Hamilton's uh his slander at Aaron Burr that really pushed Burr to say that's it I will see you on the field sir mm-hmm. um and obviously you can't have this when you're supposed to believe in this guy and admire him but he accused uh he accused aaron burr of incest basically and aaron burr his wife was gone and so it was just him taking care of his daughter theodosia and he loved her more than anything in the world right and hamilton and i don't know if it was a fit of rage or he thought he was careful enough to write this but he basically accused the, uh He accused Aaron Burr of just such things, and that was ultimately what finally pushed Burr to the edge to say, that's it. You have stained my honor, and I will not tolerate it. Um, And that's where, you know, obviously questions about historical accuracy come into play where, you know, obviously they want you to have kind of a mixed feeling about Jefferson – Without necessarily talking about slavery or the fact that he was kind of the Jeffrey Epstein of his day. Uh, and listeners, if you don't believe me, just check how old Sally Hemings was uh, when her quote-unquote relationship with Jefferson began. I, I, I can't look at the man the same way ever again. Obviously, someone could ask me, well, Ryan, how can you be okay with some of the historical inaccuracies in Bohemian Rhapsody? Versus uh, history being left out of Hamilton. And the reason for that is Bohemian Rhapsody isn't the basis of a pseudo religion. Hamilton kind of is. You know, in our country, we have deified just about everybody from our founding, except for a few notable names, Aaron Burr, John Adams. Obviously, you need to have accountability with history. That's a no brainer. That being said, there is still this idea within a liberal framework where you can make these reprehensible people presentable and even admirable. Uh, Case in point, George Washington, you watch you watch Hamilton. And if you ever had an ill will towards Washington, you probably might not after you watch Hamilton. Granted, I I still feel the same way about Washington both before and after Hamilton, but that's because it's the way I've felt about him since I was a kid. At, At the same time, Bohemian Rhapsody is also something very enlightening and illuminating and, you know, the music is timeless. With Hamilton, it's a brand new spin on the same old story. It also requires a greater analysis on Hamilton the man himself, given A part of the reason why we're in such an economic shit show and why we've been that way probably since the beginning or at least since the administration of Andrew Jackson when he demolished the original bank and then it got replaced with the second bank of the United States, which is our current bank technically. You'd be in a pickle because you would have to basically decide between an economic model based off the British, like Hamilton suggested, or an economic model based off the French, which incorporated agriculture, which – uh, Jefferson was in favor of this is extra stuff that you can't fit into a play uh, you know or, or even a musical for that matter it's still history that you know it has to come up at some point and and those discussions still need to be had even after everyone has had their bow so it's I, you know overall like I said I love the music the performances were off the charts um, I kept wondering where on earth David Diggs came from, and now I finally <laughs> know, and I'm happy I now know, because um, he was in one of my favorite movies last year, Velvet Buzzsaw, and I didn't understand why he was in it. I, you know, he he didn't really offer a lot in the movie except being cool and having an e-cigarette, but now I know why he was in the movie. It's because he had a lucrative stage career. So you yeah. know,
0: kudos Total to voice.
1: him hell of a voice and playing Thomas Jefferson that's you know that was uh, a role
0: I never really expected because not only Thomas Jefferson but he also played Lafayette and tell you the truth I didn't even make that connection when I first saw him as Lafayette I'm just like wait a minute it wasn't until um I think I know you're talking Lawrence yeah 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 Yeah, When Lawrence uh the actor that played Lawrence name is forgetting me appeared as uh Philip Schuyler I'm like oh this is the same guy Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when you but when you hear the soundtrack for the first time you you don't pick up on that. Okay? Yeah. You have nothing to go off of visually. Um so when I noticed that he could have that much range and encompass both those characters flawlessly, mm-hmm. um I mean there's a reason
1: he's my favorite character in the in the musical. But... This was my first time hearing the music too, by the way. I had oh, not man. heard I, I mean I had heard bits and pieces, but nothing stuck in my head right and you know when i when i saw people including people i know well who knew the music and had either only seen it on disney plus the day before or you know had seen it on stage years ago it just never registered why would you get that in that much into the music without having seen the show and and now that i've seen the show i mean the music it 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 builds a framework um, that I love. And I mean, I mean, it's hard to give the show an overall grade, uh, especially given that this was several different shows put together to make one performance for Disney plus. Um, But it's, it's worth watching for the sake of having a reasonable discussion on the founding of America and what, Those early what those early years showcased in regards to how does this new country move forward? Um, And, you know, my folks and I were rewatching the Washington administration episode of John Adams, and it's basically the boring version of Hamilton, where you get mm -hmm. to see these people just flat Mm -hmm. out say, well, we should have this model where it's a lot like this. No, Mr. Jefferson, I think it should be more like this. And then you got Paul Giamatti basically in the corner with his cigar saying, you know, uh, well, well well, Thomas, uh, you you've 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 got the right ideas to exactly what you should do. Uh and you should just go forward <laughs> with it. And I'll be damned anyway. Um <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um I guess, just to kind of briefly touch upon my point before we move on, I mean, mm-hmm. to me, when I when I see a musical of this caliber and when I see really people trying to define themselves in a country that is also trying to define itself, in this case, in the 21st century, a country that's trying to rebrand itself in many mm-hmm. ways, you know, what legacy are you going to leave? Okay, a very mm-hmm. open-ended question, but what are you going to do today that's going to affect 50 years from now tomorrow? Because I still stand by my point that, a lot of what we perceive as humanitarian thoughts, actions, and ideals didn't necessarily stem from one wanting to do this for the greater good. And it's not to say that it's not humanitarian in thought. It's just that I'd like to believe that someone's ingenuity was the result of one's own idea of, hey, I just want to be creative for the sake of doing so until it eventually over time becomes the norm of it's Mm -hmm. what's supposed to do. Okay. You don't think of, you don't think of Mr. Rogers being mean or Bob Ross being angry by any stretch of the imagination, Mm because that's not what you remember him by, because that's not the legacy that they left. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, really when I kind of gave my piece about how I perceived sort of the aaron burr mediocrity stance of modern day americans maybe perhaps them not doing enough and that being personified within this performance i look at it as a call to action okay yeah do you want to be the alexander hamilton who while not completely fulfilled with how he spent his life because again there's a million things he didn't do Mm -hmm. or do you do you want to be second best okay Do you want to be the Aaron Burr that lives his life in, albeit jealousy for the most part, a lot of songs are of him wishing he was like Hamilton? Okay. Right. You know, are you going to wish and hope and pray that things turn out in such a way that you are revered, or Mm. are you going to just sit idly by?
1: And Burr... And I think that's the beauty, too, of Burr is that – and this is where I have great admiration for him, at least – and mind you, I say this more so outside of Hamilton, although you do see you do see sprinklings of this within the show. Aaron Burr was someone who was ready to call out hypocrisy when he saw it.
0: Oh, very and, much so. It's just that he wasn't given the time of day like
1: Hamilton was. Oh, no. Okay? Well, it, and well that, back then, if you were a Virginian or a New yeah. Yorker – You had class and you had clout. Burr, yeah, he was from New York, but he was still climbing that ladder. Hamilton already had a seat at the table from his war days. Exactly. And the likes of Washington and Jefferson, they were Virginian plantation owners with a sense of class. And, you know, they had already—both of them had already had their positions prior to being president and even prior to the Revolution— That made them so well established and held in such high regard. Well what wanted to be at the table and they basically told him to piss off. What confused me
0: is how he can serve on the front lines with Hamilton, essentially, and Mm -hmm. not be given that same recognition. Okay. Even to the point of him switching parties, um, to Democratic Republican, he still is kind of shat on in many ways and there's a lot of articles that you can read online about how american burr you know forget hamilton aaron burr is did i say american burr i'm a fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) aaron burr is the real hero who we should be looking to and i'm like you know as someone who likes to root for the underdog which admittedly i feel aaron burr very much was in comparison to hamilton a lot of people still is Yeah, a lot of people would say, oh, well, Hamilton's the underdog. Okay, in comparison to who? Washington? Jefferson? Madison? Okay, granted. But, you know, here's a guy who honestly had ideals that you could genuinely shake a stick at. To add further insult to injury, his ideals were then taken from Hamilton of talking less, smiling more, and really not, you know, being silent when need be. Mm -hmm. and. Hamilton's the one that gets the recognition. I'm like, buddy, that wasn't even fucking yours. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, I'd like to, I'd like to sing his praises, but I would not want to double back on what I just said about Aaron Burr representing mediocrity in comparison to Hamilton, because everyone wants to be Hamilton. Okay.
1: Yeah, every, oh, uh, again, no, not no everyone, question,
0: yeah. Uh, if I asked the average person, hey, would you mind being Hamilton if it means that you'd be shot? They'd probably say, <laughs> eh, not really. Okay, they, they'd much rather want to be the one shooting on the other side of the gun.
1: But, um... Well, Burr also, yeah. before we move on to the next subject, I, I, I this is also something else that I thought was just fascinating with, uh, with Gore Vidal's novel about Burr, which is, Burr relished, at least in the eighteen thirties, he was kind of relishing in being this unliked person in American society, but at the same time, he still held this reputation for being there since the beginning.
0: Well, he couldn't be both. He couldn't be the contrarian type and have a seat at the table, too.
1: Which was he he didn't hold any office except be vice president, which by the way, back then was literally the absolute worst job in America. John Adams hated being vice president. He was like, "This is the worst torture known to man." Right. And by the way, Jefferson hated it all the same. He despised being vice president. Right. Uh, it you know, and I think with Burr now, and this is the other fun fact with Burr that I have to mention because it keeps coming up every time I look into Aaron Burr with friends, because they keep reminding me this. So Aaron Burr got, uh, he remarried in the 1830s, I believe. And he was already in his, like, late 70s. And he married a New York socialite. She decided to divorce him. And guess who she asked to be her lawyer uh, for the divorce proceedings? Alexander Hamilton Jr. (laughs) Like... Yeah, there's a problem. Damn. I mean, that's... I mean, he's got balls. He really does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's... And, and by the way, there were rumors that Aaron Burr was the illegitimate father of uh, our eighth president, Martin Van Buren. Uh, mm-hmm. Fun fact. Uh, not substantiated, but just just a fun little thing to throw out there. Um, so, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think... We can safely say that we recommend it. Um, just know that if you're if you're a uh, if you're a card carrying d s a member and you watch it, I know you're gonna have a lot of questions and a lot of problems, and that's okay. Feel free to reach out to your comrades. Uh, it'll make you feel better. Um, <laughs> so well, now
0: on that note, <laughs> God, this is such a <laughs> fucking joke joke of a topic. But uh,
1: if we were on stage right now, I'd be giving a Shakespearean aside about why you're you sound flummoxed. (laughs) Well,
0: I want to rip into this topic as much as you do. Um, So as Phil DeFranco say, let's just jump into it. okay? (laughs) so um, in case you didn't know that Wikipedia was a thing, I have the biography of a certain someone here um, that has really insane um ambition uh insane to the point of lunacy and of course we're talking about kanye west because mm. he's an american rapper singer songwriter record producer composer entrepreneur fashion designer holy shit can he be anything more yes he can apparently 2020 presidential candidate now i remember <sighs> god what was this 2012 that he kind of made this announcement when he was like all right i'm gonna let you finish taylor swift or whatever he said fucking mm-hmm. um but i'm running for president in the year 2020 now of course nobody thought that this was real and even typing kanye west you get a bunch of articles like you know kanye west says he's done with trump kanye west says planned parenthood was created by white supremacists unseen pics of kids over backlash over anti-abortion tweet he contracted coronavirus elon musk and kanye west friendship okay a lot of this opinion would probably stem from you know personal reflection of the of the person that kanye west is you know you either love him or hate him as a person Mm -hmm. and you either love him or hate him as a musician and then again, you also may love him or hate him as a fashion designer, and literally every single thing on this laundry list, okay, with his either... eight
1: hundred dollars white t-shirts that have nothing right. on them except look like a white t-shirt
0: now <laughs> i can oh, I God. can respect I can respect an artist as much as the next guy of being creative for the sake of doing so. And he has very much verbally stated such of you know, I don't care what anyone thinks this is who i am this is what i want to showcase the world very bullshit altruism that i could see plainly through um when you put dollar signs in front of everything you could pretty much convince the entire world but oh yeah but presidential candidate really i don't know um I think you can also attest the opinion of mine to uh, what everyone else has been saying, whereas a joke for Kanye West is a joke, a joke, a vote for Jesus, this fucking energy drink has got me jittery. The flavor isn't even that good still. You'd think, okay, a vote for Kanye West is a vote for Trump. um, And that's obviously a no go. But I don't know. Does he still like Trump, or does he uh, has he denounced him completely? Well,
1: allegedly he has since parted ways from Trump. Um, he did a interview, I believe it was with for yeah it was with Forbes, where he said, and I quote, "I am taking the red hat off. It looks like one big mess to me. I don't like that I caught wind that he hid in the bunker dot dot dot. One of the main reasons I wore the red hat." as a protest to the segregation of votes in the black community. Okay. Also, Uh, other than the fact that I like Trump hotels and the saxophones in the lobby, this is like first grade level reasoning. Because, number one, to say he wore the red hat as a protest to the segregation of votes in the black community Mind Trump you,
0: has... this is this is the same man who said that Candace Owens has some good opinions, or that I slavery mean... was a choice. Oh. Okay. Now, again, he, he's probably speaking in proverbial diatribes like he usually does. Okay. Mm. Now, politically, what platform does he have? Okay. None. If you were to put him up against every single other politician what Which do you he is think not. okay well hypothetically yeah, yeah what do you think he would say to the stance of immigration of you know abortion health care gun activism gun rights well it, i think like the before, list goes on and on like what what would he say politically that would make a lick of sense well, and I you think, can't And you can't – sorry. And you can't say that he's going to approach this from a creative background. Oh, my background of what? Making shitty music, shitty design, and – $800 white (laughs) t-shirts. And fuck all opinions in every single goddamn interview that he's made. Oh, what am I? A god. Okay. Because we have have someone in office who thinks the same way, that he can't be touched. Okay. So – what do you want me to say? He's kind of right.
1: Before you even ask any of the questions about, well, what would his policies be? Like, wh- what would be his stances on stuff like immigration and trade? He doesn't have – not only does he ha- not have a platform of any kind, which that would answer that question, he also has no backing by any political party, especially given the fact that we only have we're, – we're unlike most of – the Western world in that we only have two political parties, whereas, you know, Spain has several, Brazil has several, Mexico, I think, has two or three, but typically one of them holds power just about all the time, uh, which has been a part of the reason why there's been at least 100 years worth of problems in Mexico since the revolution. He just doesn't have any political clout you know there, there's nothing the last time we had a successful third party run for president it was in I believe it was in 1992 when Bill Clinton or 1991 when Bill Clinton ran for president and it was against uh, George W George HW Bush who was the incumbent and uh, Ross Perot who was the third party candidate and he was basically this loudmouth billionaire sounds familiar who ran for president on a third party platform okay yeah it was 92 1992 that that uh, election took place um and so you know but that's the thing is that perot had money he had a presence and after that he was totally forgotten about until he died you know i mean snl made fun of him if you ever get the chance, watch Dana Carvey as Ross Perot. It is some of the funniest Saturday Night Live you will ever, 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 ever see. Uh, in my opinion, it's on the same level as, gotta have more cowbell, baby. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. I, Kanye running for president, it's a publicity stunt. And, you know, there's not going to be, I mean, number one, in in 2020 there is no more campaign trail you know there's no primary left there's no campaign trail left coronavirus has basically shut down an election um and and both parties have used that to their advantage uh one in regards to trump having his rallies his death rallies all over the place and the democratic party pretty much bending bernie's arm to drop out otherwise they were going to keep killing people at the polls to vote (laughs) for anybody at the polls so you know kanye i think i think the fact that we take anything he say anything he says and we take it seriously and we take it like it's earth shattering we shouldn't yeah like we should know better than this and you know i i think we're in such a dire situation now. It reminds me an immense deal of Howard Schultz's uh, musings on running for president. I believe it was last year. Do you remember that? The, the CEO of Starbucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, both parties are just doing such a terrible job. And I recall someone called him out, called him an asshole and said, if you run for president, you vain asshole. We're going to get four more years of Trump. Don't <laughs> do it. Like someone right. said that to his face at a town hall. And obviously, you know, with Kanye, you know, what politicos are going to be rushing to his side? I don't think you're going to have Karl Rove and David Axelrod yeah. Wolf, those names. You know, and, and as much as
0: as much as the Republicans would would love to tout this, you know, oh, he did it on his dime, his time, however the fuck he wanted to do, like Trump, I guess. And that's what um, the Republicans will say about Trump. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's what they'll say. That's the thing. I'm worried that they're going to look at that as well. He's such a go getter. You know, he's such a big name in the entertainment industry. Of course, he's going to. Yeah, of course, he has the funding. And know how, well, not the know how, but they're gonna think that he does uh, to run for president. You know, he's gonna run this he's gonna run this country like a business, and you watch. And it's like, okay, best case scenario, you get another uh, African American in office. Worst case scenario, literally fucking everything
1: else. Okay. Well, I mean, and I think that's what's problematic right now is Biden is all we got. And as much as that (laughs) sucks, like, let's face it, he's going to let Fauci do his own thing. He's going to let Fauci practically run the country in regards to coronavirus. I'm all in favor of that because I trust Fauci. You know, has he been wrong on some of his modeling? Yes, but that's also because uh, Americans are acting pretty goddamn stupid right now when it comes to everything from how to wear a mask properly to... How to not be a giant sniveling brat, you know, complaining about their civil liberties because they have to wear a mask. It's like, wow, gee, you know, these are the same people that don't have any problems with, uh, you know, uh, the Supreme Court or faith groups trying to get rid of women's rights. But God forbid they have to wear a bloody mask. It, you oh, know. oh, dude, but, you, you
0: have no you have no idea. And I think I stated this before on maybe one of our previous episodes. But to that point alone, that is why the city of Burbank Facebook page is such a fucking goddamn cesspool of people spewing their opinion. People spewing literal dog shit into the wind about oh Well, it's. It's in, uh, it's in direct attack of my civil liberties, and I'm going to do what the hell I want. And Can these, trust people, me, just, we, can these people just get a hobby?
1: Please. We, we, trust can me, you man. build
0: models in your fucking garage or something?
1: Well, we you want know, to know if... what they're doing in Santa Clarita in their garages and sharing it on all of – and when I mean all, I mean all of the uh, Santa Clarita community pages? They're Is burning – They're burning masks in their garage while wearing MAGA hats, as if they're real patriots. I mean, trust me, it's – but another thing that's worth pointing out is the fact that according to USA Today, there's no evidence as of Wednesday that West has a campaign organization – nor is there any indication he has filed papers with the Federal Election Commission just four months before the November third election. And I think that's that's where you you have to focus it in, because when someone makes an announcement like this, they don't do it in a tweet or they don't do it in such a pathetic way where you know th- this guy has oodles of cash and doesn't use it for a video or any kind of campaign-style video or even a campaign-style press conference like anybody else typically does. You know, whether we're talking Trump when he announced he was running back in 2015 or whether it was all the free media attention that Biden got for like three months before he even announced he was running. You know, if you were listening to the media, you would have thought, My beloved media, you would have thought Biden was not only the only candidate, but you would have thought he was the front runner and he wasn't even a freaking candidate yet. And ironically, now because of covid, I have a bad feeling people are forgetting who Joe Biden even is. I was our vice president for eight years, and I don't think I don't know if people really remember him or know him. And that's what terrifies me thinking about November is that people hate Trump and they're mad. Yeah, they're they're reactionary
0: to such a point that they want him out of office, and literally anyone will do at this point. Um, And Joe Biden is the best person for the job. I mean, not the best person for the job in any sense of the imagination,
1: but it's not Trump. We've allowed our political demons to let this happen, and now we're at hell's doorstep, and we can't go back. You know, we can't. We can't get uh, Elizabeth Warren, Miss, I can't win a primary to save my campaign. We can't get her back. You know, Bernie, Bernie dropped because the party was going to keep going with primaries and risking Democratic voters lives just so Biden could be the front runner and the nominee. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's sad and it's devastating. But look at everything else that's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk, you know, you want to talk about lesser of two evils. This is it. And I genuinely believe this. I've heard some rumblings out of uh, Biden land that he may not want to be president for very long. Mm. He may be like, uh, uh, like, a, one, like of, a four, one of my a four year one and done kind of thing. Yeah, he he mm. might do what one of my least favorite presidents, John, uh, excuse me, uh, James Polk did where. He'll run he'll run, become president, serve for four years, oversee uh, whatever that needs to be fixed within our country and our government, and then pass it along to his VP but then that means the VP has to run as the party candidate in 2024 and then win mm. you know against whoever the Republicans and by the way the Republicans, could still nominate Trump in 2024 if he yes. wants to do it. Yes, I doubt yes. it. Yeah. Because why do you think he's so happy being president again all of a sudden? It's because they're letting him have rallies. Exactly. You know. No, exactly.
0: Um, anyway, back to Kanye. Um, mm. <laughs> God, damn it. Look, regardless of how you personally perceive his music, fashion, and entertainment persona to be, this is our opinion, and like I said many episodes ago, you know, don't crucify us for our own opinion of the man. Um, he's had some shitty opinions in the past, and like on supporting paper, Trump. Yeah, but look on paper, if you want to say shit like, well, if you want to stand by, um, Chance the Rapper in stating that, you know, simply put, in his words, black people don't have to be Democrats, alluding to the fact that, oh yeah, they could believe whatever they want yeah on paper that is a very true thing to say okay i wouldn't necessarily say it in the way kanye has been with the with the level of rhetoric that espouses himself on his twitter um but yeah i i I don't see i don't see this hot-headed persona Mm -hmm.
1: effectively replacing trump for the better okay i mean do you think that it's too much for a moment like this like like do you think that well look between covid and the fact that we're going through probably the biggest you know movement in american history do you think he just had like this ephemeral thought of well i could be president since all these people are up and out in the streets and it's like yeah but they're average Joe's. Well here's the You're thing. You're Kanye the West. Av- the average the president Joe. isn't an average Joe.
0: No, 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 no. But that's the thing. The average Joe that Kanye panders to, that I would say every single pre- every single presidential candidate has pandered to since twenty sixteen when this whole powder keg exploded, appeals to the average Joe to some degree of this guy can save me. This man or woman, this presidential candidate, can theoretically save me. Okay? Mm. They can think for me, in essence. So if without any semblance of objectivity, this political candidate can vouch for me, can justify my actions, can justify myself burning the masks and wearing the MAGA hats, you know, and I won't have to answer to anything. I can just say fake news all day on Facebook, like every single other goddamn city of Burbank Facebook attendee or city of santa clarita or city of santa clarita okay you get those in fourfold the average joe does not want to think okay and is it their Mm -hmm. fault no they were raised in the 50s 60s and would like to believe anything that isn't Mash or fucking seinfeld on tv okay because the news is all that they watch yeah now fox news fox yeah for some people Um, Well, no, no, no. Left, right, center or sideways, the people would like to believe that a presidential candidate or a president can save their life. Okay? Yes. Yes. That is dangerous. Oh, yeah. And you know me, I like to live my life free of any and all expectations to some degree. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. feign intellect or intuition. But of any and all expectations to the sole point of okay one i could remain objective to the situation and two i'm not going to be o- overtly disappointed if something doesn't happen to go my way or if something does happen to go my way oh that's cool life goes on
1: mm-hmm. either way you know when it comes to electoral politics this is something that is very well worth considering especially with if if you genuinely want to include Kanye into the mix which you know i think after, well after this episode, uh, I know I'm going to have one other chance to talk about it, which I'll bring up at the very end of the episode. But, you know, if you if you had to realistically think about Kanye, Trump and Biden, almost like we're doing 1992, except uh, coronavirus style, I guess, where uh, you get clowns to the left, Nazis to the right, stuck in the middle with Yeezus. Uh, yeah, You know, you have to realize yeah. that something that every Democrat is going to hammer home from now until November and after November, depending on how the election goes, are African-American votes, right. because Donald Trump was only able to attract 8 mm-hmm. percent of the black vote when he won in 2016. Right. And since then, his support among African-Americans is in the single digits. Joe Biden, of course, you know, sailed on that support by winning the state of South Carolina during the primaries, and obviously, you know, and this is where it becomes a dual-edged sword because once he starts uh, the drinking game of how many times can I mention Barack Obama, it fills people with a sense of hope. It's it's hearkening back to a better time period, and everyone in this world who has had any affiliation with Donald Trump, deserves to be spat on and yelled at and harangued for the rest of their lives because they allowed themselves to become a, become an ally to evil. And Kanye is no different, in my opinion. He's no different than Sean Spicer or Scaramucci or Kellyanne Conway, whoever. You know, he thought Trump was a good idea and went on and on and on i I don't know if you remember when he was in the oval office and he kept talking about how great trump was and trump just Mm -hmm. sat there like a big stooge like he was job of the hut just chortling the whole time like it it, it's no bueno and i don't see that translating into votes
0: if you are going to directly correlate the fact that president trump is in office to the very same um idea that oh well African Americans have this choice to look at. You know, you're you're looking at someone who is encompassing Donald Trump as the 1950s. Um, you know, anyone can do anything with enough, uh, you know, pulling up by the bootstraps. Okay, mm-hmm. because theoretically, or not theoretically, because it actually happened on paper. Civil rights said everyone's equal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course in practice that is not the fucking case. Okay. Mm-hmm. As someone who who does have such a high status, but you're mm. looking at 21st century ideals of, you know, like have you seen the racism in our streets? That's not exactly what's happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Kanye's over here touting that, oh well, on paper it is. So why isn't that the case?
1: Well, okay? is he even addressing that though? It, I mean, it, it, doesn't, I it doesn't. It doesn't seem that way.
0: I feel that he provides a, well, at least he might think to be a solid argument of, you know, why are you saying that there's inequality?
1: Of course. Uh, there's I also inequality. Forgot to, I also forgot to mention the fact that he plans to run as a member of the quote unquote birthday party. Oh, get the fuck out of here! And and and, <laughs> what but, is and this that? is. Right. He could he could easily,
0: you know, he could easily portray himself as having a maybe not solid head on his shoulders, but at least ground in reality if
1: he just sided with the Republican Party. What is this new party? (laughs) Well, it's it's just baffling, too, because I'm rereading that that quote that I read to you earlier, where at one point he says it looks like one big mess to me. I don't like that I caught wind that he hid in the bunker. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Kanye. I didn't know that Trump hiding in the bunker pissed you off more than the murder of George Floyd did. You know, I, I mean, it, it it's, it's so aggravating because it doesn't speak truth to what is happening in this moment. No, and
0: conservative pundits like um, – Actually, I think Candace Owens made a statement about this. But in general, conservative pundits would rather paint the picture that George Floyd was X, Y, Z, all negative than who he really was in order to justify it.
1: Well, and Candace Owens, you know, couldn't even spell, uh, you know, apartheid, you know, without even realizing there's an H in there. I mean, she she doesn't get it. You know, this is... This is the same gal who would have fit in at my high school, saying things about, uh, speaking di- diatribes about how effective of a leader Hitler was.
0: You are encompassing. No, Miss Every single fucking polisai contrarian. Well, to play devil's advocate, fuck your devil's advocate. Okay, go shave and have a shower. Christ's exactly.
1: Sake. Well, and, and and to boot, you know how can how can Kanye hide his support for Trump? He made it so damn public. Yeah. You know, he even said the, uh, in, in 2018, the rapper called Trump his brother. This is from a USA Today story. You don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. In January, he tweeted, Trump all day. Uh, and then he also said, I'm a black guy with a red hat. Can you imagine? It reminded me of how I felt as a black guy before I was famous. When I would walk in a restaurant and people would look at you like you were going to steal something. What
0: is what is the goal of being this wishy-washy? Okay, Because if you've seen Childish Gambino's uh, Feels Like Summer video, there was a very distinct moment when Michelle Obama is hugging a crying Kanye because, quote-unquote, oh, the Republican Party just didn't do it for him. And now he's right. being accepted back into the black community, which is a very touching sentiment and maybe, maybe leaves you as a v- – Maybe leads you as a viewer to believe that, oh, he's finally come to his senses, maybe, I don't know, but apparently not. Because now we're in 2020, and this is what's happening. But I I just think... We can speculate about this. No, I was going to say, we can speculate about this all day. Um, At the end of the day, though, uh, again, it really kind of boils down of how you previously viewed him as an artist in general. And to tell you the truth, I don't like him as an artist, I know a lot of people, millions of people, would disagree and say that he creates good content. Of course, I think that he doesn't. And I think that's really going to factor into his attitude um, of how he would theoretically run a country. Okay? Mm. Because if you want to say that um, he would run it the same way that he projects himself in his tweets using the same kind of dramatic hyperbole, well, you have that right now white version in the White House. So (laughs) –
1: yeah. Well, I and, and, and I think this is the advantage that Biden has, and it could backfire on him, obviously, but the advantage that he has over Kanye in regards to support from African Americans and reaching that goal of getting to the White House is that, you know, Biden has that history with Obama. He obviously, you know, he talks about it whenever he can because he was an ineffectual vice president for a very ineffectual president. But it it, it says a great deal when – and obviously this, this kind of depends on what walk of life you're from. Barack Obama is still one of the most popular politicians in the United States to this very day. And I recall – time I think it was Time Magazine did a poll of – most influential americans barack obama was at the top of the list and you know who was at the very end of the list donald trump (laughs) and i think that's going to ring true or that would ring true if kanye was a serious candidate because people are going to look at him and think well he's the guy that followed trump around in a very inappropriate way and joe biden was the guy who followed the most Popular politician of in recent American history. You know what, if the election were tomorrow and if it were between Kanye and Biden, take Trump out of the equation. Biden wins easy. Uh, it, it's just November and the reality of it that I have the hardest time predicting and thinking about and also dreading. <laughs> um, so we, to 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 wrap up on a on a very. On a very anxious note, (laughs) four months, man. Four months. Four months. God. It's going to be interesting. It really is. I just just want it done. I just want it over with. I wish I – you know, ultimately, like, I'm glad, though, that it's four months away because it will give me time to prepare myself in case things go south again. But, man, if they do – we're 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 so toast as a country it's it's not even funny. Um except we will probably be the ones laughing in the end. So uh but hey, that goes with uh Statler and Waldorf as well from the Muppets. So <laughs> if we're like them, more power to us. <laughs> Alright. Well Aww.
0: um I guess and unless you have any closing remarks, I was going to uh uh present my last Little little thing, if you will. By all means, the floor is yours. Alright, so this is gonna be something a little bit interesting. Uh, the first of its kind that I've done. Now, in the past, I've read pretty humorous diatribes from certain websites, certain things I've received in the mail. This is no different, and it is actually a two-parter. Actually, it's a little bit of a three-parter, but bear in mind here. The theme of this little ending segment is, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Now, I've received an email in the past, uh, actually several emails in follow-up, and I have decided to take it upon myself to explore new opportunities amidst this coronavirus. Now, we were talking a few days ago about uh, an opportunity that I had pursued that I didn't so much tell you about. This is the reason why I waited. And I will get into that after I read this email. I received an email from quote-unquote Ligaya Books. Now I'm thinking, eh, maybe an independent publisher of some kind. Uh, If it's competition, I'm fucking amped. But anyways, (laughs) Ligaya Books. Congratulations on your book, Follow the Star. Hi Sebastian Shug, your book Follow the Star looks utterly great and it's absolutely brilliant. I wonder why you haven't gone much on public with this book. If you don't mind, I forwarded it to my marketing team, who I think I could really help, who I think could really help you with your goals on this book. By the way, we represent Paperclips Magazine and online content. When I was looking at your book's ranking in Amazon though, I realized that you badly needed a marketing platform to boost your book's visibility and ranking in the market. Totally fucking fishy email. Uh, who the hell are these guys? Uh, but more mm. importantly, um, the reason why I haven't gone public with this book, uh, John Davis, the person who sent it to me, is because it doesn't fucking exist. I do not have a book called Follow the Star. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about, uh, Mr. Senior Consultant. Uh, you didn't, really didn't consult this very much. <laughs> Typical marketing ploy. Um, all the way back in December of 2018. So okay maybe a little bit of a uh misdirected email mm-hmm. they're not done tuesday Uh-oh. june 30th 2020 dear sebastian Shug, this is by this is from a miss serena miles by the way completely different
1: that's such a james bond name yeah serena Se- miles <laughs> like
0: yeah. i don't know Uh, Dear Sebastian Shug, congratulations on your book, Just Desserts. Our book scouts here at LaGaya Books USA refer to your work, and after reviewing, our team would like to invite you for a book trailer service for the book. Just like promoting a movie, a book trailer is a promotional video that can be used in several social media platforms in order to increase your visibility and eventually capture your target audience. Well, funny thing is, um, Just Desserts is is by no means a family-friendly content book. Okay. Uh, Target audience, unless you're talking about um, uh, closeted degenerates who like a good um, uh, bloodbath, because that's what the book is. Okay. to, To give you some reference, Just Desserts is in fact a book that I have written in 2016, arguably a year where I could have gotten away with writing a lot more on a lot more topics. And what that topic was was the events of not one, but four school shooters. Now, it was sort of like a Tarantino book, a uh, non-Euclidean story structure about how a reporter focuses on these four school shooters and how she shapes her story around it in order to keep her job. Um, very gritty, very dark, but if I can promote myself here for half a second, a pretty good read. Go ahead and pick it mm-hmm. up technology experts predict that by 2021 as much as 80 percent of web traffic okay yada 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 it's just a bunch more bullshit saying that we would like to invite you to take advantage of it through our book trailer mm. services well i'm not going to do that miss miles and i'll tell you why because L- Gaia books is an outright scam there's been many a yelp reviews stating that uh oh they'll offer to they'll offer to do book trailers all the way up to movie adaptations of this proposed book now of course there's a fee involved right well of Mm -hmm. course there is it's the tune to several thousand dollars um i don't know the exact number off the top of my head but uh as an aside stay away it again this is just one of those things that uh a company admits amidst this pandemic would be uh no stranger to gutting you both personally and financially but as an aside if you do want to pick up this book, it is available on Amazon and it has been edited for brevity. Uh, not edited for content because, uh, truth be told, if, if someone really wanted to edit someone's work uh, to match the times, they would have fucking painted over the Sistine Chapel ages ago. Mm. To continue. The opportunity that I pursued was a bit far-fetched to some degree Uh, It was actually a talent agency Mm -hmm. completely out of left field you might think sebastian why the hell would you ever want to get involved with something not literary well it seemed interesting and so i decided to pursue it of course i'm not Mm going to name the name uh (laughs) but i had a hell of an experience let's just say Uh, I was invited Mm -hmm. into a Zoom call, and this is just sort of to capture the scene. (laughs) Invited into the Zoom call, about 60 people there. It was a casting call, typical, and it was essentially a cold reading, how I would, you know, theoretically perform on and off camera. Uh, Keep in mind, this is film, print, and actually, no, film and print. I would say both moving media and non-moving media. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought I was a shoe in I got a call back. Until I was met with the tune of $900 for a seven-week course. Whoa, really? Whoa. Now, refresh my memory here, uh, Miss So-and-so interviewer. Of course, I'm not going to say her name. But I thought I was good enough for a callback to start immediately. Okay? <laughs> I realize that you're just not going to pick some average Joe off the side of the street, but... With if you can recognize considerable talent, why would you need to nickel and dime me? Okay, so I'm going to do something that I've never done on this show, and I'm going to do it live. I have typed up an email that I'm going to send back because I have not, I have yet to respond to um, the uh, the interviewer, or should I say casting director? So I'm going to read it for you. And it sounds very corporate, but I hope you can um, tell, I hope you can uh, pull out the hints of passive aggressiveness in my speech here. (laughs) Dear Redacted, this is Sebastian Shug of Sebastian Shug Publishing following up with you regarding our most recent conversation of the seven week course for Redacted Agency. After careful consideration, I will unfortunately have to suspend my interest in the pursuit of becoming a print, film, and talent model for a plethora of reasons, a small majority of which stems from financial circumstances, while the latter of which results solely out of personal principle. Forgive me for stating the following in the manner of which I do, and by no means do I wish to offend or elicit any form of negative response, But I was under the impression that following my cold reading that I was suitable for having representation based on the effectiveness of my speaking capabilities. After reading a handful of reviews directed towards Redacted, the agency, Mm -hmm. I noticed that there was a response highlighting that if an individual happens to be ready for representation, they could potentially be shipped out with essentially no workshop needed. I realize that I am by no means a perfect actor, model, and or talent representative by any stretch of the imagination. Though I have remembered that I have more acting slash camera experience than I initially thought when we conducted our interview, as well as what I may have stated as being less than such. Keep in mind, um, and this is just an off, an aside, uh, I'm bluffing. Okay, I don't. But if I can convince them otherwise... Who the hell cares? <laughs> if that happens to factor into your decision, please feel free to let me know, and I would be more than happy to fill you in on the details. Regardless if this is the case, I feel as I feel as if I am still a strong candidate regardless of such, and if this was some misinformation posted through another's perspective, thank you in advance for taking the time to correct it, as well as your consideration nonetheless. Sincerely, yours truly. Any sane agency would not require an upfront fee. You can find this on fucking Google if you typed in if you typed in that question. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know to some nth degree that this is probably not as legitimate as uh, as they make it seem, you know. Mm. But uh, in the essence of me not having much to lose, you hear that mouse
1: click. That's you sending me email. That's me sending
0: the email. Okay. So we will see what happens, and I hope that next Wednesday we will have a follow up email to this because, in the essence of me wanting to expand further artistically, it's not that I'm shy of being in fr- in front of the camera, um, but if you're gonna nickel and dime me, uh, go fuck yourself. And with that, going said, find you.
1: <laughs> Man, I, I I'm like still absor- I'm still absorbing that because that was that's. It just made me think about uh, thinking back to the days of yore when we talked about American Dirt and how Janine Cummins received, I want to say, six or seven figures just to write the book. Like, no no advance, no, I have to pay something so I can write American Dirt. No, it was more like, here's several hundred thousand if not a couple million dollars to write your racist drivel about immigrants. No, see uh, this is
0: the opposite. I'm paying exactly. money for what's perceived as a pipe dream. Okay? Exactly. So if I can convince them otherwise, because really, Mancini, really, if I'm posing in front of a camera exactly how one wants me to, there's really not a lot of ways that I could fuck this up. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Even if I'm even if I'm behind a camera in terms of, you know, Uh, physically moving i.e a movie there's really only a set number of ways that i could even fuck this up because i'm not the director okay yeah so i don't
1: know Uh, yeah it's that that is that is what the kids say uh dodging the bullet Uh... (laughs) well
0: not dodging the bullet more so um stepping into its line of fire to see what to see how deep this rabbit hole goes uh in the case of Hamilton it didn't work out for him but uh, I digress
1: (laughs) oh my goodness uh okay (laughs) okay so to answer your question um where can the good people find me well uh, everybody out there who has a Twitter account can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on when I choose to because I hate being on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Mancini R A on Twitter, and when it comes to Instagram, you can find me at Mancini Ryan. Uh, I've been sharing a lot more posts and uh, bringing attention to uh both people and posts from some of the local groups in my area that are trying to exact the kinds of changes that we talked about last week with Amanda. And I'm continuing that. Um, And I'm going to start making this a thing. Uh, If you're not registered, go register to vote. And with that, Sebastian, where can the good people peruse uh, at your social media and, Weep. <laughs> I don't uh, know. <laughs> much to the same,
0: you could find me on Instagram and Twitter as well, uh, the latter of which being the degenerate hellscape that I choose not to adhere to. Uh, you could find me under the handles of Dr. Sebi, that's D-R-S-E-B-B-Y for Instagram, and Twitter, D-R underscore S-E-B-B-Y. You could also find me relatively easy on Google. Um, I'm a little bit pissed at the moment because Google has since docked my title as publisher to standalone author which is not as cool but uh hopefully they change that back feel free to send me a manuscript at sebastian shug publishing through the email uh at uh, s-e-b-o-i-b-o-o-k-a-c-c-t at gmail.com if you didn't have time to remember all that have a pen or paper or listening to this in your car feel free to shoot me an email once you find the email on my website so You can also find me on YouTube as well under the handle of Seabass, Yes, Like the Fish. There you'll find daily narrations posted as well as through Anchor as well under the handle of Shugsy Storytime. Daily narrations there as well. Uh, Funnily enough, you can also find me experimenting with a new form of medium. And I alluded to this a few episodes back that I started to get into producing... Uh, Music. Now, it's very small, very minuscule, uh, but you can also find me under that handle of Shugzy. That's it. S C H U G Z Y. I'm beginning to release uh, sort of an independent album that I've been working on, uh, actually, all day today. Uh, That comes out in a few days. So, yeah. Uh, Other than that, feel free to search me up, feel free to send me a manuscript. More books in the works.
1: Yeah. Well, and and very quickly before we go, uh, I will be joining our good friend Janice on the jump off. Uh, I'll be joining a panel of sorts to talk about Kanye 2020. Uh, so if, if you want the, the abridged version, that may be the one you may want to check out. Nonetheless, that one doesn't have Hamilton reviews. So... Uh, You know, stay tuned for that, but don't forget to listen to this as well. And if you hear me saying all this at the very end of the episode, then you've done your job nicely. You've been listening to Mars on Life. Please make sure that you find us over on social media at Mars on Life Show on both Twitter and on Instagram. And on top of that, you can find this show on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Our artwork is done by Zachary Erbrick, and our intro music is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. I've been Ryan Mancini, my co-host as always is Sebastian Shug, and just remember, if you keep on going, you'll make it to Mars.